Welcome back to another episode of A Hundred Steps to Drag, your podcast where I, Natasha Hundred, sit down with your favorite artists and ask them, how did you get to this point, Henny? What can I learn from you? And my guest today, oh my god, super excited. She's been my sister online for almost a year now. I'm obsessed with the content she creates. Please give it up for Wendy Weather. Hello. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? Oh, my God. I just realized I said Wendy Weather, like Ivy Winters. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to, you know, mix it up a little bit. So, uh, you know, I, I, coach. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. We were talking a little bit before recording, but how you been, sis? I've been good. I have been going through like some some time recently but now I'm kind of back on my track of like what I'm what I've been doing so no that's good it's been a crazy couple of weeks of 2023 I'm like miss 2023 Mm -hmm. like slow it down a little bit what what is going on it's already a lot it's like we have it's not even you know barely March yet like it's (laughs) it's not even March and we're already exhausted but here we are you know what trying to share our art with everybody exactly i'm so excited for today's episode because it's all about social media and drag oh it's been super popular because we have like seven queens on ripple's drag race that are mostly social media i think that the only ones that were like truly purely social media queens were sugar and spice but a lot of them were like oh Mm -hmm. i mostly do social media yeah like oh i'm the tiktok girl or oh i'm the tiktok girl it's like oh, okay, so it's just the season of the TikTok girls. That's all it is. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, damn, so I guess I will not be able to be the TikTok queen anymore. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, everybody's the TikTok girl now. Got it. <laughs> that is so funny, but I think that what I think is interesting is that a lot of the more seasoned performers like underestimating the value of social media, which is also very difficult to stay on top of it. How do you feel about that, about it people really that is. don't take social media, like, not into consideration, but, like, that kind of, like, undermines the drag in social media a little bit? I think artists do, like, especially, like, older drag artists, they definitely kind of, like, write, like, social media girls off. But I think they need to, like, take a second and be like, whoa, just because, you know, we're not doing the bar gigs and everything else, we can still turn the party. We can still do it. Yes, because it's a lot of work to get on the makeup, get on the trends, edit the videos. It's definitely a different skill set that you have to grow. And that honestly, like if you would ask them to do something of what we do in social media, I'm not sure if they would deliver as much. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, they probably could deliver, but probably not, you know, to a point where it's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Because, like, as drag artists, you know the gig. Like, we're our own hairstylist, our own makeup artist, like, everything. But also being a social media girl, you're also your own producer, your own lighting, your own director, like, scriptwriter, like, everything. So it's a whole, like, subset of skills that you also have to learn. I love that point of view because you're so spot on. Like, as drag queens, drag artists, like, we're already so many of our own things, like my own assistant, my own hairstylist, everything. And mm-hmm. now, like, yes, you're your editor, everything. Uh, I, I'm super lazy when it comes to editing. I'm like, that's what I drag the most. <laughs> I'm like, I can film 
all day or record the podcast all day, but editing is is just heavy for me. I'm like, I don't know. Same. I totally get it. Like I'll have like a whole bunch of videos like stockpiled, but none of them are edited. They're just all just like sitting there and I'm like, I don't feel like doing it right this second. <laughs> And then when I want to edit, I'm like, oh, these are so old. I wonder if I should film them again. Right. It's like, oh, this was trending last week. I probably should have posted this, but I was too lazy to edit it. But let me just go ahead and refilm it. And then it's like, it just sits there again. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody that wants to incursion into social media and drag? I'm kind of a person that's like trial by fire. Just go, just dive in it. Just go ahead. The only like learning you can do is like hands-on learning. So I say if you're interested in like trying to like transcribe your drag to a social media platform, one, I would ask any like local artists around you that are already doing that or just go on YouTube. I mean, there's dozens and dozens of videos that you can like look at, watch and just kind of dive into it. Just jump in. Yeah, like look at what other people is doing. I love going on TikTok and like find these either TikTok coaches that are like, oh, this sound is trending right now. Or like these are some videos that you can do to help you like cook the audience. I love doing that. And I love the people that give tutorials on editing because like I said, it's to me, it's what I hate the most. So they're like, oh, you can use this template. But those are super popular on TikTok now. Or you can just, you know, try this right. effect on CapCut. The CapCut videos are super trendy right now. They're everywhere. They're so easy to make, too. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of into them. <laughs> Some of them are a vibe. They do be a vibe sometimes. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate to a lot of them. How did you start uh, your social media kind of like drag career? How did it all, how did Wendy Weather come to, to become her? The beginning of my drag story is kind of a long story. So uh, when I was a kid, I would always like, you know, play dress up and, you know, wear like t-shirts as wigs and stuff like that. And then when I became like a teenager, I didn't really do it anymore. I just kind of, you know, you know, you grow up out of being a child and then high school and college. So I originally went to college to become a history teacher. So that's kind of where the history comes from, from Wendy is. My junior year of college, I decided, I was like, I'm probably not the best to teach, like, children, because um, I'm not a fan of kids. I don't really like kids. <laughs> um, same. Honestly, so same. I was like, because <laughs> kids and me, no, I, mm -mm, nope, no ma'am. But um, I also always had this, like, natural affinity to, like, the entertainment sphere, So I switched my major to mass communications. So TV, film, and media production. I have, I technically have like a whole degree in film, media production, and production like in general. And so I just kind of merged the two. And I was like, I love history. I love, you know, producing things. And I kind of like was interested in makeup a little bit. So I just kind of merged them all together. And then boom, Wendy is there. <laughs> No, that sounds fun. I love the little history behind it because, again, it's like all these parts that make up for who you are, not only as Wendy, but, you know, as a person. You know, you said you like history and then you like medium production and entertainment. So I think that is a perfect combination. And that's the best way to, like, come up with your drag, right? What are some of the things that make me, me, and, and how can I combine them into this persona? 
Right. And Wendy is very much an amalgamation of different parts of me and then other parts that I like attribute to like feminine icons that I have. So it's just kind of like different pieces put together. Mm, I like that. What are some of your feminine icons that you look up to? So obviously, like the women in my life that like raised me were very like strong, like very powerful, confident women. But my drag like icons um, are Marilyn Monroe. I love Marilyn Monroe. I love old Hollywood. Um, also, um, Daphne Blake from Scooby-Doo is also a big like <laughs> style icon <laughs> for me. I don't know why, but she just is. I mean, she's an icon. And then, yeah, she was um, always serving fashion. She was always serving the looks, honey. Especially always. in the live action. Come on, with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Come oh, on. Sarah Michelle Gellar fully served it. Fully served it. And then lastly, um, the sultry side of Wendy is uh, Jessica Rabbit. So, I mean, just kind of iconic redheads in general. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. That is so cool. I feel like the parts that make Natasha who she is, is like a combination of like strippers, maybe like mm -hmm. mom strippers, strippers that happen to be parents. That's who Natasha <laughs> is. I think that because when working I was... single mothers. Exactly. Thank you very much. It's an ode to working single mothers who have yes. to be bad bitches and bosses and take control of their life. But at the same time, like they're very nurturing and they're going to tell it how right. it is. That is true. You know what? I'm, we're doing a lot of right. introspection right now. A lot of introspection. We love it. <laughs> also, I forgot to do this at the beginning of the show, but I'm trying to incorporate a little bit just like an icebreaker. Just ask like a random question at the beginning to like break the ice. So I'm going to ask something basic. Who is your celebrity okay. crush? Ooh. Oh, okay. So celebrity crushes. I have like 1,800 million. Um. You can do top three if you want. Top three of your celebrity crushes. Okay. So I like John Hamm. John Hamm. I would say Nick Offerman. Nick, do you know who Nick Offerman is? No. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, was recent. He just was on The Last of Us TV show. And then also he's mostly known from Parks and Recreation. Oh, okay. I, I've seen Parks and Rec. Who did he play on Parks and Rec? Was he Ron Swanson? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ron Swanson. Oh, okay. Oh, she's got a, a type. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And then um, I would probably say, like, the third, just because I think he's probably in, like, real prevalent in social media right now, and I see him everywhere, uh, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> okay. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, so if you had to do Fuck, Mary Kill of all of those three, what would you do? I know I'm putting you in such oh. a such a difficult position right now. Oh no. I would say I would say you probably have to marry Pedro Pascal. You you would probably because I mean No, yeah, he, I he, agree. And then I would probably say I guess kill Nick Offerman and then you have to sleep with John Hamm. Right. At least like once. The, uh, yes. At least once. <laughs> <laughs> the, come on. The ham. Come on. Mm, the ham. I want to get a piece of that ham, honey. <laughs> honey baked. Ham sandwich. <laughs> I love that. No, I agree. I feel like that's pretty spot on. My top three celebrity crushes. Number one has to be Niall DeMarco from America's <gasps> Next Top Model and Dancing with the Stars. Uh -huh. My God. My God. Oh. Such a fine man. Oh, my goodness. And I, I wonder how he's not been a guest judge in RuPaul's Drag Race. 
Because he's like, I think, pansexual, bisexual. That, yeah, because I, that's interesting that he hasn't been. Because you would think, you would definitely think that he would, he would have been at least on, at least even like an earlier season or something like that. Yeah, or a cameo or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call Miss Paul after this. <laughs> Let her have it. <laughs> Text her. Text her. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's number one. Number two... I want to say Jonathan Bennett only because, you know, the history being Aaron Samuels. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, is this more for nostalgic reasons? Don't get me wrong. He's yes. still fine as hell at, as of today. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. And did you see that years ago, allegedly, he posted a picture. I think it was like a wine glass or something. And you could see on the reflection of the glass, like his package, like his full on <gasps> naked. Did you ever see that? No, I did not. Yes, that was oh such goodness. a thing. That was like a year ago. <laughs> I missed that chapter. Oh, goodness. I, di- I didn't get that chapter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like they were like stipulating. They were like, oh, that he did it on purpose. Did he not know? Because they were saying he did it on purpose just to like generate something about him. But I'm like, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe because it was pretty obvious that his his dick was in the reflection of that glass. I'm like, <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> So honestly, that that contributed to my decision. And three, let me see. Oh, Tenoch Huerta. Do you know who that is? I do not. He played Namor on the latest Wakanda Forever movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Yep, 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 yep. So, That's a solid choice. That honestly, is a, yep. yeah. My goodness. That's a solid choice. So if I had to fuck Mary Kill, I think I would go and marry Niall because obviously he's such a sweetheart. 100%. Yes, I would have to fuck Tenoch Huerta, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's also a no-brainer. And I would have to, unfortunately, kill Jonathan Bennett, unfortunately. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would probably say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. And also his husband's, like, ruining Drag Race with the, the real friends of Leo. <laughs> So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I know the episodes are so short now. They are. They really are. And I'm like, mm, I know that social media, speaking of social media, like, you know, has given us such a short attention spam, but this is too, too short. Yeah. Social media really has kind of just human evolution in general. Social media has kind of really slowed down human attention spans. Um you remember Vine. Vine. The videos were only seven seconds. Like it was, <laughs> it was insanely it was short. Yeah. And now the runways are seven seconds on Drag Race. So, like... <laughs> literally. And I remember like season six and five. I think they also had like a couple like short runways. But I think mm-hmm. back then it wasn't an issue because I don't think queens spent that much money on their outfits you know right. a lot of them were like right. very off the rack or they would make them or mm-hmm. but you know enhance them and now it's very well known that they spend so much money i'm like mm, yeah it's a problem now yeah how do you feel about the social media queens on drag race so this season specifically i think it's kind of a mixed bag because amethyst who like kind of was framed as like the social media girl for like a hot second before sugar and spice like walk in the room <laughs> uh because sugar and spice i think definitely have kind of broken the mold of like we expected them to kind of do bad 
And I think this is also spoilers if you guys have not watched episode like two or three of Drag Race. Um, if the snatch game had been where it's usually at, like farther in the season, I don't think Sugar would have went home that early. I agree. If that would have been like a design challenge, maybe she would have been safe. Because I think that mm-hmm. Spice did a really good job on on the design challenge. And if she mm-hmm. says that Sugar is usually the one that sells, I'm like, oh, she, definitely she would have been safe if not on the top. Yeah. But yeah, the Snatch Game was like super early too. And I think if it wasn't for that, I think Sugar and Spice probably both would have went pretty far. Like very far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I, I'm, I'm not trying to bash anybody, but I thought it was pretty bold to, of, like, of Amethyst to be like, I am the social media queen. And I'm like, I went to, to her TikTok and I'm like, okay, she had like one, a couple of viral videos, but that's about it. It's not like she was like socially I, yeah. present, constant. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to claim that's like, oh, your thing. I was expecting, you know, a whole lot of content, videos, something more. I mean, Same. what do you think? It's like... If you're a social media queen, then why are like you better be posting like three times a week at least, you know, like <laughs> on at whatever least. platform you're using, at least two or three times a week. Literally, literally. What do you think are some of the advantages and disadvantages of doing drag and social media? So I think it's actually, I think they're both kind of an advantage and disadvantage widespread audience so you have a lot more eyes on you and like a more range of people that can see your artistry and your drag and again a con is a lot of people can see you so you're probably going to get like people who think they're like judges and critiques you're going to get probably a lot of you know criticism from people around the world but also you're going to get a lot of love from people around the world um Probably one of my favorite things of doing, like, kind of being a social media drag artist is my, like, close-knit drag family is across the globe. Like, my drag auntie is an Australian drag artist, and I have really close uh, drag friends that are in Canada and Quebec, like, just kind of all over the world. And I guess it kind of makes you have a broader viewpoint of different types of drag. So I think being a social media artist, you kind of see the bigger picture of drag as an artistry better than, say, a local artist or even like a local queen who just kind of spark gigs. Not saying that local artists don't understand the the big picture aspect of drag, but I think social media artists kind of, they're a little bit more knowledgeable, the wide aspect of drag. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you get different perspectives that you wouldn't necessarily experience just like in your local community or your local bars. I agree with that because, you know, having connections with like queens and kings also from like the UK, Australia, Mm -hmm. Canada, even different parts of the US, like really has opened my eyes to be like, oh, I want to maybe try this out. Or like, this is so fun, you know, especially when I post content about, you know, how drag is here in Los Angeles. And I have people in the comments say like, oh, that's funny. Like, this is not how it's run in Texas, in Orlando, in New York City, you know, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, that's I would have never thought about that. Yeah, drag is different every single place. Like everywhere is different. Yeah, and social media or being a drag queen in social media does really help to like put that into perspective a little bit more. <laughs> I think also social being also a social media drag artist, I think there's kind of this like blanket like res- 
respect that we all have for each other. I think there's kind of like a weird camaraderie with a lot of like, especially like TikTok artists and Instagram girls, because we're kind of all doing that thing. But we all understand what's going on. <laughs> we all get the struggle. Oh my God. <laughs> Spending hours doing your makeup, filming your content in like 30 minutes, maybe 40 if you have some talking videos. And then like, oh, that's it. Right. I have to take it off. <laughs> it's very that, very that. I agree, girl. Going back to your point of a broader audience, that is also like a blessing and a disguise at the same time. Because you're right, you get so much love from across the globe. I love connecting with so many of my sisters and brothers on TikTok. But girl, the amount of trolls online, it's insane. Insane. The amount is so crazy. And being coming from like a, a production background, and I have like managed social media accounts for like companies and stuff before. So like I understand like hate comments and stuff. And when it comes to drag, honestly, the best policy is just ignore it. Cause they want that attention. Sometimes if they say something, if they say something kind of like really out of pocket, you're like, hold on, I gotta let this person know that they don't need to be saying that. But most of the time you just kind of gotta just be hands off with it. I know it's better said than done, but just don't engage with it. Because that's what they want. That's really what they want. Literally what they want. Oh, my God. They're so annoying. I saw this creator said that, oh, I'm never going to take advice from somebody that's living a lifestyle that I don't want to live. And I've been living by that, like, truly, because I'm like, hmm, if this person is coming here and they need to hide behind a blank profile to, you know, say what they really think, I'm like, hmm. Definitely not paying attention to that. Exactly. Do you remember any, like, any trolls on your comments or, like, anything they've said to you? Oh, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> as any baby queen would know, sometimes our makeup skills are not quite up to par. <laughs> it so, happens, um, and it's totally fine. It happens, and it to it's totally fine. So, back in, like, 2020, 2019, my makeup was absolutely absolutely boo-boo city like totally terrible 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 and that's when I first started doing some of my history videos so on some of my older history videos people are like your makeup is awful like it's horrid and um the other day actually I guess one of my older videos got put on the algorithm space or something but it was a video from like late 2020 and I was like oh this video was bad this video is bad and it said something like wow you literally can't even look like a woman even trying i was like oh oh that's bad that's oh gosh it what's was, that even supposed to mean <laughs> exactly it's like there's several reads in that sentence it's like okay it, it's, it was a little bit of transphobia and it was like also like I can't do makeup okay I get it but it's like oof. <laughs> but also like what compels you to like you know stop by somebody's page and leave a, a mean hateful comment like that I'm like mm, oh what what's going on it's you know I think people probably have their their own demons and issues like with themselves and that's their problem. It's not mine. So I just kind of let it go. Yeah, please take care of your mental health. I'm like, instead of doing, you know, leaving us a nasty comment, just go to therapy. Talk to a professional. Please, please, please. 
my favorite uh my favorite comeback line like if i feel compelled to like engage with a hate comment is um do like the hands out emoji and go here's your attention i like that i like that here's your attention here is what you are looking for honey please leave mm -hmm. my for you page now <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm gonna start using that i'm like here's your attention do it here's yeah. the fucks that i give <laughs> that was <one's> good <laughs> Oh, gosh. You also did an online drag competition, right? Uh, which one? I, I've, I've, been in, I've been in several. <laughs> I think the recent, the most recent one was the TikTok one. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> How was that? Uh, first of all, would you recommend doing online drag competitions to, you know, somebody that wants to incursion into this? It's kind of a mixed bag, I think. So if it's kind of like a drag competition where you're like being creative and like you're given a theme for like each challenge, kind of like say a, a drag race styled competition, I feel like that's really great for just kind of getting experience as a drag artist, like coming up with a costume for a theme, you know, doing this, this and that. But where is like TikTok drag contest is that's mainly just lip syncing, which is kind of like a basic drag skill. So I think if it's just kind of like a lip syncing contest, that's fun, that's cute. Um, I would say maybe you don't have to do every single one that you see, but if it's kind of like a whole, like, these are the challenges, here's the outfits you have to make to kind of like get in a routine of like growing and like expanding your expertise with drag, I think maybe try to do some of those, but also always vet the people who are doing the contest in the competition. Because sometimes it's like a person who has judged a drag pageant but has never done drag that's doing the competition or something like that. But if it's like an actual set of drag artists, I would definitely probably look into those more than somebody who's just like judging. Mm, good points. Because a lot of them don't have like that drag point of view, right? They're just like, you know, oh, right. you know, I'm a person. I'm like a social media figure or whatever and i'm gonna give you like my literally in the words of Alyssa edwards my uneducated drag opinion on <laughs> on your art exactly. so that's a good point check check who's judging the competitions yes check who's running it always kind of like scope out what the vibe is and then make the decision but for the most part doing drag like internet contests are like fun little like like quick things so I would say go for it if you're thinking about it. I think so, because especially if you're just getting started, I think it can give you, like you said, an idea of creating a look, working with a concept, working uh, on your art, because all these things are definitely applicable on drag in the bars and the gigs and all that. You know, sometimes for real, mm -hmm. for not for real, for in-person competitions, you have to also create a theme within like a time, yeah. Yeah, time constraint and everything. So I think it's really good to start getting your feet wet. So when you go outside, uh, then you're not like, oh, taken by surprise for all that you got to do. Right, exactly. One competition that I really liked was Shossie's competition. I think it was called Backyard Lip Sync something. I think I saw some of that. I think I, yeah, I think I saw some of that one. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty similar to what you were saying. It was basically a, a lip sync competition, but a lot of the contestants put so much work into it. And the people judging were actual, you know, drag artists. So I'm like, okay, right. this is this is cool. And I... 
I saw a couple of rounds, and I think for one of them, like one of the the queens, like was coming out of this convertible, and then the song started. I'm like, okay, production. That's the one I saw. Yeah, that's the one I saw. I was yes. I wish I could remember their name of the of the contestant, but I'm like, oh my god, it was it was so well done. I'm like, if you could do this for online, I'm sure you can do something incredible in person too. Okay, so we talked about some of the social media queens on this season of Drag Race. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if, his, if this is a coincidence or not, but a lot of the times what I've seen is, like, social media drag queens on Drag Race, they don't do as well as queens that are working in the bars and gigs. You know, we saw that with, like, Ariel Versace or with uh, yeah. with some others. So I'm like, do you think it's a coincidence or what do you think is, is, is there to explore? Um. I don't know because there have been social media queens that literally have done so well in a competition. I mean, Aquaria even won. So, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess you could say if it's like social media queens who mostly rely on certain skills of their drag. So if they're mostly relying on like their makeup skills and not say like their sewing skills or like their stage presence, I would say they probably falter a little bit. Whereas people who did really great on Drag Race that were social media artists kind of were all well-rounded, like Aquaria, um, Kimchi, Plastique, they kind of each were kind of very well-rounded in their drag aspects. So I think this led them to go a little bit farther in the competition. Yeah, I see that point because you're right. I forgot that Aquaria was mainly like an Instagram girl before she got on Drag Race and she killed she it. Was the <laughs> she was Instagram fucking girl. Yeah, yeah and she Kimchi. Was the Instagram girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I feel like it has to be a little bit more than that. It's not like a common denominator. Ooh, fancy terms. That, uh, <laughs> you know, all of them were like social media girls. But like, I feel like it's, it depends on the artist. You know, whoever's like most well-rounded, maybe who's... Because Aquaria has been dead drag since like she was a teenager or something, right? And she was just literally waiting right. to turn 21 to get on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So experience exactly. and getting out there. You're right, you're right. You know, I just had a moment. But no, I do think also sometimes when it comes to social media queens, especially in the drag race sphere, um, or even kind of any other like sphere, like even Dragula or stuff like that, I think also we're kind of our own worst enemy, where we probably put a lot of pressure on ourselves than some of some other artists in the competition, because we're probably seeing it as kind of like like I said earlier, that broader wide spec like action of drag where like you're seeing oh well how are people going to see this like is this does this look good at this angle like what is this like trying to like micromanage everything in your head at least and that's probably what's happening to some artists like social media girls that get on drag race or even dragula they get in their own head about the wider aspect of what you know is going on so it's kind of like their own inner saboteur to a point yeah, because we are able to control all these aspects of our account mm-hmm. of social media under the lighting, the sound, the editing. And yeah, it is hard to translate that into a competition. You, you're so smart, you know, out here. I'm just like, they're all bad. And you're like, you know what? There's more to it. Let's step back. <laughs> We've talked a lot about these girls, but now let's talk about you, girl. You are the star of this Hi. show. Oh, my God. So hello, hello, this. <laughs> so we know by now that you have a, a lot of series of history in drag. Do you remember what was your first ever video that you created on like the history in drag or one of the earlier ones? 
Yes. So uh, I remember my very first like history video in drag um, was actually about um, in World War One, I, I believe there was a specific job that people do not have anymore. Um, they were called knocker ups. Um, so <laughs> people didn't have alarm clocks back then, right? So alarm clocks weren't a thing, and but they needed the factories to start at that time because there was a war going on. You need supplies, everything going on. So they had specific people wake up before the sun is even arising and knocking on people's doors, like throwing rocks kind of at the roof to wake people up. And that was their job, was just to wake people up. Honestly, I would get that job. You know, it's easy, just, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Making noise, waking. But how did they wake up if they didn't exactly. have any clocks? It's like they must have either just didn't sleep or like they had an offset schedule or something. That is funny. Imagine oversleeping, having that job, and be like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, I would have been like, "Dang it! I slept in. Oh no!" Okay. Nobody went yeah. to work. <laughs> <laughs> that and is. Funny. I remember vividly. Vividly in the video, I'm wearing like this picnic like gingham dress that I got, I'm pretty sure from like Amazon for like $20 and this real like bad hard front bob wig. <laughs> and my eyeshadow was all over the place. It was horrid. We all start somewhere. We all have mm -hmm. to start somewhere. I also recently was looking for my videos of like my first performance ever because uh, my five-year anniversary is coming up. So I think I want to recreate okay. like a look, the look that I did the first time I ever performed. And oh my God, it's such a mess. It's such a freaking mess. <laughs> my pants are all lumpy. <laughs> uh, like I have this horrible wig. Oh my God. But oh. I mean, again, we all have to start somewhere. We all start somewhere and it only gets better. And I know there's like this weird like mystification of especially with baby drag artists on social media they kind of like feel like a failure sometimes we're like oh well right out of the you know the gate I don't look as you know polished or put together as some girls who have been doing it for like you know six to ten years so I also say people who are starting social media doing social media drag it's a process it's not going to happen overnight it's not yes. happening overnight Drag is not like does not come in a box, right? For you ready for you to open no. it and just look fabulous. No, girl, it's a process. But I think that also like the advantage of doing drag in social media is that everything is documented. So you can look back and be like, oh shit, I looked like crap like a year ago, two years ago, and now look at me. Exactly. I, I definitely exactly. do that all the time. I go to like my very first Instagram photo and I'm like, oh yeah, so much better. <laughs> yeah, some of those older history videos, I'm like Ooh, that was a choice. That was a choice. <laughs> Choices were made for a lot of us. But you know what? We live and we learn. That, that's yeah. that's what we do. You were also telling me before we started recording that you live in Arkansas. Yeah. So um, I actually, I'm originally from Central East Texas. So I only recently moved to Northwest Arkansas. Um, so I grew up in kind of like a very small rural town called Jewett, Texas in Central East Texas. And I lived there up until about the middle of 2020. During the, the, the whole, you know, pandemic that happened, you know, that, that old thing. Um, it was kind of a perfect storm for me to kind of get out of Texas. 
So I just kind of took that chance and I did it and I ended up here, um, which unknowns to me, this is the fastest urban growing like city in the entire country. I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no clue either. <laughs> because it's like the headquarters for like Walmart, Tyson, and like all these like other like corporation like companies, they're all headquarters are here. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Big corporation, many, Henny. Mm -hmm. How is it when it comes to like LGBT or queer spaces? We actually have had kind of an issue been going on. Um, there was a bill that was introduced in the Arkansas State House and State Senate um, that would effectively ban drag, pretty much. <laughs> um, so any type of like drag performance or performing as a gender other than your assigned one at birth, or even like wearing articles of clothing that could be, you know, misconstrued of not being assigned your gender at birth. And it specifically targeted drag shows, mostly because of Drag Queen Story Hour for like libraries. So apparently they don't like drag queens, you know, reading to kids. But this past week, um, that entire bill got gutted. Like it's gone. The only thing that's left in that bill is you cannot wear breastplates in public. That's all it says. That is wild. I, mm -hmm. How did they even phrase that? Like, do not wear, like, silicone articles? Yeah. That... yeah. So it was, they phrased it as, like, um, any, like, genitalia prosthetics. And they did, i.e., like, uh, augmented breasts and or male genitalia, like, kind of out and about in public. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I get that. Because the original bill stated, like, you cannot perform drag in any public venue, literally word for word. Like, drag, you have to have, like, special licensing. And they would, like, attribute it to, like, a adult show. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. That is so stupid. Literally going back to, like, 1960s, where people couldn't, like, wear, you know, clothing items that were not, quote, unquote, their own gender. What the fuck, Arkansas? It was so bad. And it, it was so funny because, like, Arkansas is, like, the headquarters of, like, Miss Gay America. One of the biggest, like, drag pageants. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is crazy. I'm so fucking glad that Bill got gutted. I mean, it's still pretty crazy that they're, like, banning breastplates in public. But I guess if you compare it to the bigger picture, I'm like... But still, I'm like, yeah, it has such bad. a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, no. Yeah. But I'm so happy that, you know, because if I was in drag and, like, if I had to get something for my car and, like, if a cop saw me, I could have been arrested. Like, that's that's what it was worded in the bill. It was bad. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, my God. But we kind of won that battle. It it got gutted. It didn't happen. So, woo, yay. <laughs> yay. It ended up in, in good news for us. Have you ever performed in a bar? So, yes and no. Um, I've performed at, like, cafes and, like, event places before. Um, I don't really perform in bars because I really don't like being around alcohol or that kind of, like, party bar scene. I'm just not that tough a girl. Never have been. Probably never will. <laughs> um, uh, so I usually do, like, uh, events for, like, either nonprofits or, like, stuff like that. Or just, like, brunch shows at, like, cafes. Or I'll do, like, private parties. So, you know, like, a bachelorette party or, like, you know, something else like that. So not really like a bar girl, but other things, yes. Yeah, I feel you. And sometimes bars don't, you know, have the best, what do you want to call it? 
treatment for for drag artists if you will yeah sometimes yeah. i'm not saying that all of them but yeah sometimes they need to be a little bit a, a better educated but no i love that because exactly. again it's not all about you know being out in the nightclub scene and everything and staying out late and doing shots it's it's way more than that and i love that you're representing for the kind of people and the kind of artists that is like it's not my scene i'm trying to go try and find what really you know what i really like and enjoy exactly wendy i ask all my guests this question I want you to share what are some of your short-term goals, let's say, for this year with your drag. And what is your ultimate goal for your drag? Like, you know, your dream drag goal. Ooh, okay. Um, so my short-term goal is I really hope to grow what I'm about to launch, which is um, my visual podcast. Um, I'm going to start a visual podcast with one of my really great drag friends here. Um, it's going to be called History Key. Um, and our first episode is going to be coming out on Valentine's Day. So please go ahead after you, you know, listen to this podcast, go head over to History Key on Spotify or Amazon Music and go hang out with me and my friend Ace as we talk about the origins of Valentine's Day. Because, I mean, history is everywhere. I love so that. short term goal. Thank you. That's my short-term goal. I really hope we we this project kind of grows and like does amazing. Um, my like all-time full drag goal, like best drag goal. Um, I want to have my own TV show on the History Channel, Travel Channel, or Discovery because I want to be like I don't know if you know who Josh Gates is, but I want to be the Josh Gates of drag, like going around the world in drag, full wet wig, makeup, everything, experience the world, go to historical sites. I, I, I want to do it all. I honestly would watch that in a heartbeat, honey. That sounds so fun. Like, Just going to like, you know. Geographic with Wendy Weather? Come on now. Oh, I, lo- I love that. Like at the National Park or in South America in full geesh. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard, but I would a thousand percent watch that. But, but that's like my all time drag goal is to have my own show on the History Channel or Travel Channel and just go experience historical places and like educate people in drag and like be in drag teaching people history around the world like that would be crazy crazy but love that idea because again going back to the constant spotlight the drag artists have been put into lately you know like oh it's like sexualizing or grooming i feel like a show like that would really paint a, a more complete picture of drag that is not just like adult entertainment is so much more it can it can be anything truly exactly and I just, it's just real crazy how we're public enemy number one right this second. It's like, how did that even happen? It's like, we were doing so great, like Drag Race and, and all these other platforms that were exposing drag to like more like people was doing great. And then suddenly we're public enemy number one. Like what happened? What had happened? Yeah, it all started in Texas. It all started in Texas. Uh, that state, uh. You know, I love Texas, always will say I'm from Texas, but we got some issues. <laughs> I've never been in Texas, really. And I'm like, oh, I'm really flamboyant. I mean, people see me on the street and they're like, that's a homosexual. So I don't know if I ever want to go, but I really want to. If you go, go to one of the big three, like Dallas, Austin, or Houston, you'll be fine. 
Okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind because I definitely want to visit Texas, but I'm like, oh, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> don't be scared. <laughs> You're like, don't be scared, my child. <laughs> Wendy, that's all the time that we got. But anything else you want to promote besides that? Your future podcast coming. Uh, what is the name again? Yeah, so, uh, Hister T. So Hister T. Um, with Wendy and Ace. Ace of Hearts is my co-host in the podcast. Um, but we'll dive into different things and different aspects of history. For right now, it's going to be kind of a once a month, and then we'll go to like maybe two times a month. Uh, but other than that, follow me on TikTok anywhere and everywhere. You can find me at the Wendy Weather on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Go check out my Twitter. My Twitter is kind of crazy. <laughs> I need to be better at Twitter. I wanted to be like you know my kind of like just way to say things and whatever, but I forget and I'm like, oh, it like it's a lot. But I need to be better at it. <laughs> but yeah, definitely go check out my history videos on TikTok. I have 1,800 million of them. <laughs> Literally anything you can think of, Wendy has already like probably talked about it. Yes, doing history videos for like the last like three and a half, almost four years, I've pretty much covered a lot. <laughs> almost all of history probably not all of it but quite a bit of it do you have any uh, history video that's like your favorite that you've done so far Ooh, um so there's this series that i sometimes do i haven't done a video on it in a hot minute um but any of my bad bitches of history tiktoks i love doing like spotlighting women in history i think it's something that you know history really doesn't get to show a lot of especially even women of color women of minority and the history books kind of are made mostly by men <laughs> so you know that bitch of the history is a series that i've always done and i stand by it that it's some of my favorite videos i've ever done because the things that women have done in history oh a man would never <laughs> men could never and that comes from two men, men right never. here <laughs> exactly two whole men literally could never <laughs> go follow d wendy weather everywhere you're not gonna regret it you're gonna learn something and you're gonna look at someone really looking fabulous so go check her out well thank you yes of course <laughs> i am the history drag queen the one and only history drag queen come see me come hang out with me thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag if you like my podcast please leave me a review if you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye!